Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 123, and tonight's topic is a bonus episode that I was telling you guys, we're going to have a nostalgia movie review. And tonight we're covering 1993's film, Poetic justice so that's why i kept my snowfall recap for my snowfall on fridays short and sweet because i knew i was coming back for this i hope you sit back and enjoy it is friday night go get your drink go get your roll up do whatever you do and sit back and enjoy i told you guys the other night make sure you catch up on poetic justice let's take a trip back down memory lane and talk about everything in this movie um, you can catch it. The only streaming service that I know for sure it's on is um, Amazon Prime. They just uploaded it maybe last week. So it is on Prime. If you have Prime, check that out. Um, Real quick, if you need to find me on any social media platforms, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice. My Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. You can email me at reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, DM, or email me for any requests or, you know, if you need to get in touch with me for any sorts. Um, you can request any movies, TV shows, documentaries, albums, whatever you would like for me to recap. All you got to do is hit me up on either one of those sites. Give me a couple days to get back to you, and I'll get my recap out to you within like a week. Um, you can always follow me on Spotify as well. If you type in Shanice Loves, you'll see all of my music playlists. I have made them all public, all genres for all moods you might be in. So check it out. It's a vibe. My music ears is long, exclusively on Spotify. That's under Shanice Loves, and you it'll take you to all of my playlists. So Poetic Justice was released July 23rd, 1993. It was written, directed, produced by the late, great John Singleton. This was his second film, and it is so many parallels to Boys in the Hood, and we is going to get into it. Um, As we go on, I'll talk about the parallels that link to Boys in the Hood. This is starring one of the best artists ever to do the damn thing in my opinion Tupac Shakur so this podcast might be a little lengthy because we talking about Tupac and if you guys have not checked out my Tupac tribute make sure you check that out I dropped that in June for his birthday so check that out and you'll see everything I love about Pac um it's starring the icon Janet Jackson the icon, Regina King, the comedian, Joe Torrey, and he was something in this movie, and we about to get into it. Um, we got poetry from the late, great Maya Angelou, and this movie was just something special. Come on now, this is like, when you think about it, Penny from Good Times and Regina from 227, and John Singleton actually had Ice Cube in the mind to play the role of Lucky, and he respectfully declined the role because he didn't agree with leaving his homeboy for a chick he just met <laughs> when they got into the fight and uh, Lucky left Chicago. He just wasn't with that part, and John didn't want to change it, so Cube respectfully declined, but as rightfully so. Later on, he went on to do Fudge in Higher Learning. And, you know, Pac did this movie like no one else could. Um, 
also, this is like, you know, just a cult classic. And it was one thing about the movies in the 90s. You could just do a simple movie about one day and that just be a fucking classic. When you think about Friday, it's just one day on a Friday. <laughs> when you think about Poetic Justice, for it to be just a classic and just for the people that they had in it, um, it's just one day in a post office, you know? So uh, we about to get into it. We about to break it down. We about to dissect it like we do over here on this platform. This pie might be a little lengthy, so go get you something to eat. Go get you a drink. It could be wine. It could be a little bit of whatever, water, tea. If you got to roll up, if, whatever you got to do, just do it and let's sit back and kick it. Kick it with your girl, Shanice. Um, also, another fun fact about this movie is when they were filming it, it was in 1992. And that was right after the Rodney King verdict came out. And that's when all of the L.A. riots were going on down there. And in the middle of filming, and Pac was so excited to be filming with Janet Jackson. This was actually uh, John Singleton's second film and also Pac's. This was um, right after Juice. And... He was so excited to be filming with Janet, but during this, he left in the middle of filming and was like, fuck this, I'm going to the riots. And he went down there and, you know, joined the riots. You know, that was a big thing when that Rodney King verdict came out. And then there was a lot of controversy, of course, with, you know, the kissing scene with him and Janet and the AIDS thing. And there's so many stories about that, but I am not going to tell that story. I am going to let Tupac himself tell that story of how he felt about the controversy with the AIDS scandal thing that they came up with. I think she's going to surprise a lot of people by just being natural and being real, like, home girlish. You know, everybody's expecting her to be rich and act rich, but she handles that. She does that. Yeah, you know you got the role every man in America wants. Right. <laughs> the Punani smelling role. Everywhere I go, you smell the Punani, huh? That is you. You and your ass. killing me. Punani. <laughs> My mother got to go see that movie, man. Yeah, um, I know you ain't smelling. <laughs> Did you get to kiss her? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She a good kisser? Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I was like, cut, do it again. One more time, John, please. Y'all don't even got to pay me. Do it again. <laughs> was her boyfriend on the set? Oh, right there. He's right there. Did that intimidate you? Not intimidate me, but it made me, like, really want to kiss her. You know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> Came in. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the white guy, he's gonna do something. Uh, no. And so he left. Somebody else came. So, pop, everybody tried to do a roundabout. My manager, my agent. So far, I was like, no, I'm not taking the test. If I'm gonna get to really lay with her, we could take four tests. If she really wanna be show, you know? But other than that, it's disrespectful to me. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? It just made me look at her like, what? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Plus, I heard she said I was lying. Her people said I was lying about the test. I don't lie. I'm real. Too real. So she need to check that. Check her people and check. That was in the words of the great Lake Tupac Shakur when he was on Arsenio, Field, Arsenio Hall in 1993. So I let his words say what happened. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and get into the show and talk poetic justice. I hope you guys enjoy. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. So it opens and we get a movie inside of a movie. <laughs> it shows the drive in and the movie inside the movie was starring Lori Petty and Billy Zane. Billy Zane is an amazing actor and he plays Brad and she plays Penelope. They on a date from hell. And this is a romance that ends with her killing him for not wanting to use a condom child. And if you hear it in the background, you can hear the movie going on. And that's basically what they was watching. And it was called once upon a time in South Central, and you got that good Isley Brothers playing in the background. So after that, we get into the real movie, and we see the drive-in is jumping, and we get um, introduced to Markel and Justice, played by Q-Tip and Janet Jackson. And then while they're showing them, we got Q-Tip music playing in the background thought that was pretty dope and she trying to watch the movie and have her a good time and enjoy the movie and Markel he's trying to get his fucking freak on child <laughs> so she flipped it on him real quick tell me why you love me and he like because you fine because I'm boy go get me some popcorn and some jujubes because that was like real deep because I'm fine so <laughs> he like man fuck so he gets out the car he go to get his popcorn for her but he turns back around and he tells her like you know what to be honest you really want to know why i love you it was because you sent me all those fly poems when i was locked up in the county jail and she just gets to smiling you know what i'm saying she gets to smiling so um after she gets to smiling she actually like you know what i think i might hop in this back seat so while he's at the concession stand getting the popcorn, we see Lloyd Avery II, played by Thug Number One, and this was the same guy who play, uh, killed Ricky in Boys in the Hood, <laughs> and this is his real life brother who played Thug Number Two. That's what the type. That's what they um, titled them in the cast. But they were blood brothers. The two guys that were standing there. That was uh, Lloyd Avery II. And Shay J. Avery, his younger brother, actually, uh, Lloyd Avery II, the one who uh, 
killed him in a movie and also killed Ricky in a movie. He actually was murdered himself in real life in 2005 by his cellmate in, um, in prison. Um, so I just thought that was pretty interesting that uh, this was John Singleton's second film. And we get a lot of appearances from characters in the boys in the hood. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they at the he at the concession stand and you know they up there playing a little game and he like hey ain't that that Marquez nigga who was you know talking shit the other day in front of all his little homeboys like like he was hard and shit and his homeboy like no nah, that ain't that ain't him but my man he's so eager to pull the trigger he like no look that that's that's him that's the one who thought he was hard and shit you know he like no nah, bro that ain't him but we see. Markel, he's kind of looking through the mirror and he's peeping, you know, peeping everything in the air. He can feel it. Like he he know this is them the dudes he got into it with, and he's trying to play it cool, ordering juju bees and popcorn. So when he walks back to the car, Justice is in the back seat, and as she's, you know, unbuttoning her shirt, and he like, Man, I think I just seen them fools I had beef with. All you see is her eyes get big. And you hear that pop, the glass break. His, he was shattered right in front of her in the drive-in. Everybody there just takes off. A very dramatic opening. That was pretty deep. Uh, nobody did it like John Singleton in the 90s. And then after that, that's when the official movie starts. And it begins with poetry. Um reading from Justice Notebooks, and all of the poetry was written by Maya Angelou, and the poem she is reading is called Alone. So we see some time has passed since Markel has been murdered, and she's still like in mourning. We see she's went to cosmetology school. It shows her at his gravesite, and it just shows us how South Central is looking around this time. We see buildings burnt down. You see the black-owned signs on all the businesses, and this was like right after the 1992 riots when South Central was really looking like that in the community. So as she's walking into the salon, we see she works at Jesse's. We do hair when Maxine answered that phone. And it is straight 90s in here. Like the clothes, the fashion, the way they was talking, you know, all the gossip going in there, them long red nails. It's just straight 90s, baby, in this salon. So we meet the crew who works there. We got Maxine, we got Haywood, and we got Dexter. And we see Justice's best friend, Aisha, played by Regina King. She in there just gossiping, telling everybody business. So we see Jesse, the owner, pulls up, and she's played by Tyra Farrell. And she also came from Boys in the Hood as the mother. And she pulls up, and her Lexus got her little red dress on, red heels, what Johnny Gill say, put on that red dress. All right, y'all ain't gonna start. I ain't gonna start. But it's Friday. Uh, it's it's Friday, y'all. But um, we see, you know, Jesse. She pop out looking good. Got her little Lexus. You see, peep out the little uh, license plate tag on there. <laughs> so as soon as she get out looking fabulous, we see uh, a crackhead approaches her <laughs> for some change, and she's so bougie. She like hell no and get your smelly dirty unemployed ass from in front of my shop 
And the smoker was played by Michael Coyler, a comedian. And I think that was like one of his first movies he ever did. He got a bigger role in House Party uh, 3 the same year he went to play House Party 3. Remember, he was, I think, wasn't his name? Shownuff in House Party 3. But that was played by Michael Coyer. And he played that damn little small role. So as soon as she walks in, she asks the kid Beha, who was played by Beha, that's his real name, and he also played Doughboy when Doughboy was a kid um, and got arrested with little Chris and got his bass, ass beat over Ricky Football. That was the same kid, and he also came from Boys in the Hood. And she like, look, I need you to go to the store for me. Give me some honey buns and some big red. He like oh, a twenty. He takes off, and it, I just got to laughing when I watched that part because I'm like big red gum. That is so damn nineties. <laughs> so anywho, moving along, we meet Haywood, and he come over there like Jesse. You are so beautiful. I love you, and I love myself. She like, I know you do, Haywood. <laughs> so we see early on, Haywood is a mess, child. And uh, Justice walks over there and they kind of talk. And you can kind of tell early on that Jessie is like, she's the um owner of the salon. And she's like the mama bear in there. You know, like everybody looks up to her. They respects her. She know everybody business, you know. And we see that bond with her and Justice. And she telling Justice, like, child, you need to do something with your hair. You need to let me do something to your hair. And you need to get out the house. You're wearing all this black all the time. You can always tell when a woman ain't giving away no coochie. They wear black all the time. Now, now that's not true, Jesse. That's not true. <laughs> but um, moving along, we all like to wear black. And that don't mean Anywho, so... um. We get the little young couple coming in there, the girl all smiling, and dude like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I just got paid. I want to get my girl her hair and her nails done. And Jesse like, okay, does she got an appointment? And we get Haywood rude ass talking about some, she ain't got no hair either. <laughs> now I would have had to cuss Haywood ass out myself, but that was rude. So we get into another scene. And we see when Jesse was talking to Justice, she's sitting there hitting that black cigarette. Now, I don't know what kind of cigarette that was, but when she hit that cigarette, I laughed so hard because ain't nobody in the movie history ever flicked a cigarette like she did in Boys in the Hood when Doughboy no, Do and Lil Chris got arrested when they was kids and she came outside and she hit that cigarette like, then she she flicked that little motherfucker off to, to the grass. But the way how she hit that child... She, she 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 smoked that damn cigarette okay okay just go back and watch boys in the hood just watch her just just flip that cigarette off <laughs> but um we see tupac for the first time and he comes in there got his little post office uniform on like hey mr postman and, you know, before he get out the uh, post off postal truck, he flipped that little cassette tape over because, you know, back then when CDs was just coming out. So you had to look cassette tapes and you had to flip it over to rewind it and all that stuff. So just straight nostalgia right there. And the way Pac wore that postal uniform, baby. So we see when he comes in, he get the arguing with the same smoker, too. 
and he comes in there just as is licking the stamps out for outgoing mail and we get the panani scene and you know he just like why you always look so mean he just trying to be you know a little flirtatious getting this flirt on and you know we thinking she gonna flirt back but she because she like what do you want from me let's let's cut the bullshit what do you really want from me just keep it real you you want to smell my punani right and you know he being a man you know at first he was coming on you know just side soft flirtations but after she went there he like hell yeah so she calls Miss Jessie over there. Miss Jessie blows her breath. They get to laughing. He get irritated and he like, you know what? <sighs> Crazy bitches. <laughs> so he, he leaves out and he like, you could use some breath mints. He storms out. He's so damn irritated. He didn't gave the smoker some money. He like, don't smoke it. So we get to the post office and Lucky is pissed off because he's into it with his supervisor about not delivering an old woman her bills because she got Rockwaller dogs. And his supervisor is living in delusional world because he like, have you for once thought about using your mace? <laughs> so after that, that's when we meet Chicago for the first time. He in there playing darts with the Mexican postal worker who was actually played by Janet Jackson's boyfriend at the time who later on became her husband. I think they they were together for years, but that was her real life boyfriend at that time. He is actually a dancer. He's in the entertainment business as well. And they go back and forth and you know, we uh get a little scene with him and uh him and Lucky throwing jabs at each other. He like, "Hey, got our own country man and then chicago get to talking shit he like why i'm sneak, sneaking out of it. they just go back and forth you know just jonesing on each other having a good time at work and we see chicago he's up there he fussing he mad because he in the back sort mail and he keep getting passed on for being a postal carrier so they kind of just talking about what's going on in work and that leads to you going to oakland this weekend hell yeah you bringing a yep yeah i'm bringing a yep and my man like what the hell is a yep hell i'm asking like what is a yep too because i never heard of yep and he like a young tramp <laughs> so they they getting ready for Oakland. And my man like, look, go get your yams, your sweet corn, cornbread, your hot potatoes. He just talking shit. So, you know, we get that little postal scene. So after that, Lucky takes off from work and he heads to the neighborhood. He pulls up at Jay Bone's house, who was also played by Tone Loke. If y'all don't know who Tone Loke is, wow, thanks. You know, it's so 90s, but Tone Loke was the man back in the day. And one thing about this movie is it just, it has so many actors and actresses or like um, people who was in the music business back in the day. So many people made appearances in this movie. So um, we also get, before he pull up at J-Bone House, before he walk up there, we see the dude Lloyd pulls up. And he came from Boys in the Hood. He played Tukey with the pacifier. So we he pull up his crew. Look like, you know, what y'all up to? He like, to be honest, looking for some busters to check. Oh, and you know Lil D? Lil D from up the street? Yeah, he got cap. Gone. Gone. 
but we gonna get the fools who got them. You know what I'm saying? So we just get like that whole boys in the hood carry on. You know what I'm saying? In that part. Uh, the funny part in this scene is when Lucky told him, like, hey, you need to get you a tune-up, nigga. And then while you're looking at the movie, you watching, and you like, you telling him to get a tune-up, bruh. Did you see your little yellow hoopty over there? Shouldn't you be telling yourself to get a tune-up, Lucky? But moving on, when he goes to holler at the homie, J-Bone, J-Bone, this scene had me dying laughing because he like, hey, Miss Jackson, <laughs> Miss Jackson looks at him and put her middle finger up. Child, that scene never gets old. Because <laughs> that is just like an older black woman still living in the neighborhood and can't stand the little youngsters in there. So we see um, J-Bone was also like when Pac walked up as Lucky. He like, what's up, baby boy? And that scene sticks out to me because John Singleton wrote and directed this movie and he also wrote and directed baby boy and he originally wrote baby boy and the role was specifically for Tupac so when he says that and you catch on what you and know what you know now when he be like what up baby boy it's just funny because it was all John Singleton and then he was already making another film and he knew he wanted Pac to play it and it was gonna be called baby boy that's just another fun fact so uh they walk over to the next apartments to check on their kids because they got the same baby mama, Angel, and, you know, they cool. So when they make it up to her apartment, shit is just a mess. The whole house dirty. <laughs> and Lucky asks Keisha, like, who's your daddy? And she's like, you are. And he goes to tell him, like, look, that's your son, and this is my daughter, and don't forget it. And Jay bone like, well, it's kind of like the same thing since they all came from the same tired-ass hooker. And, and that was funny and all. <laughs> but we they say this like when the kids is just like right there. They just talk about, about the mama like that. <laughs> so the kids just there like, you know, it's just nothing. Like, oh, yeah, mama hooker, she this, she that. So, child, when Angel walks out, <sighs> They get to arguing in front of the kids. The baby's just looking like they just so used to this. And he like, what you nervous for? You been basing? And she like, look, nigga, I ain't never said I do to any one of y'all. So you take her and you go get her some shoes because them motherfuckers just wore down. And he like, and Wilfred one pin this child, they go back and forth. He calling her a tired tramp. And the kids is just right there. Like, it's just so fucking normal. Like, all this arguing. So to wrap this scene up, when Keisha go to watch some cartoons and we seen from this part on Jay uh, Bone, he's a hustler. So one of the smoker dudes, he come down there, he like, Brother Bone, Brother Bone, I got rid of that chain. So when Brother Bone go down there to make his sale and Keisha watching cartoons, Lucky notices a pipe in the candy tray. So he like, he walked to the back to give an Angel a piece of his mind. And she in the back topping off some other nigga. Child, he like, come on, Keisha. And she come out there, and all you hear is F you, F you, you tramp, you tired, you sucker, you punk, you. I mean, baby, 
it was so many words. I don't even feel like repeating all of that verbal language right now. And it's, <laughs> but they went off. They went off. And while they going off, this nigga come from the back and he sneaks Lucky from the back. Jay Bone come upstairs and Jay Bone and Lucky whoop that ass. Lucky like, look, I work. I don't need all this shit. He take Keisha, they take off. And this was just the most, <laughs> this was just the most funniest scene because as Angel is walking out the house, she following him, she going off. He like, you tramp ass bitches. She like, you this, you that. The neighbors watching, hell, the kids on their bicycles, they watching <laughs> when she got the stumping up and down. <laughs> Oh my God, that scene was epic. And it's just like, stuff like that really went down. It really went down. But the way how she was stumping up the side down, damn, I laughed so hard. So we get back into the salon and we see Haywood. He's on the phone. Look like he's very upset from whatever information he got on the phone. They never indicated what it was but it kind of insinuated this was the early 90s this was 92 90 when this was filmed and around this time the hiv the aids that that was an epidemic and nobody knew what it was it was a new disease so i don't know if that's what they were trying to insinuate it never came out that's that's what i took from it but it could have been something else like he might have got some bad news so after that, we see Jesse is like comforting him. We also see Isha, she gets a page from Mr. Chicago and she goes to call him on the payphone. And you know, he wanna see if she's gonna go to Oakland and bring a friend. Everybody wanna go to Oakland that weekend. So Jesse tries to like console Haywood, but we see he is just not with it. But they never come out and say what's wrong with him or what information he got. And she also tries to talk to Justice in the same way, and she's just telling her, like, look, honey, I know you hurt, but it is time for you to move on. You got to know in this world, men is going to come and go, and it's just going to be like losing a hairbrush or a blow dryer. Damn, Jesse, Like a hairbrush or a blow dryer. But to be real, even if, you know, it was just mourning, Justice witnessed a horrifying thing that probably could have left, a, you know, a real person. And it has happened to people traumatized for the rest of their lives. So after that, we get a scene between Mr. Sexy Dex Dexter and Haywood. They almost come to blows over a damn brush. And Haywood jumps up like, I was all state city wrestling champ at Darcy High School, Sexy Dex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they get into it and while they arguing the whole salon is just looking like they're just so used to them getting into it like they just don't get along and justice is asking isha you know like after she finds out where she going with oakland and you know isha tries to tell her like you should come with us and she like uh-uh she like and why is you messing with a postman anyway they don't make no money and <laughs> he should like you know what you're going to end up like the old damn maid. So we get that whole salon scene. And then it kind of takes us into the two worlds of Justice and Lucky and like how they live. And we get a very emotional scene with Justice uh, when they're playing How'd You Leave in Summer by 
Stevie Wonder. Oh my God, that song is so beautiful. It gets anybody emotional. And we just seen her going through so many emotions, like sad, happy, trying to cheer herself up, um, trying to make herself smile, and just how lonely she was in that big house, so young, so lonely, no family, just her and her cat. And just all those emotions. And then it goes into Lucky's world. And it would not be a 90s movie if Jennifer Lewis was not playing your damn mama. I mean, Jennifer Lewis played everybody mama in the 90s. Tina Turner money and Tina Turner um mother and what's love got to do with it. Waiting to um not waiting to excel. What's the other one called? Uh the preacher's wife playing Whitney Houston mama. She played everybody mama in the 90s. And she played this damn role. She come in there. Lucky sitting at the counter. He like, you need some help? She come in there fussing. She like, Lucky, put the cigarette out, baby. You know I don't allow no smoking here. And he just like, come on, mom. Should I work? I pay bills. She like, shut the fuck up and put the cigarette out. <laughs> just like a black mama child. Yeah, can't nobody say it like Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> so, you know, he tells her about Keisha. And she like, look, are you going to take care of her? So we get that whole scene of how their lives are. And then it goes to Isha's scene. And she in her room, she on there just breaking it down, dancing, twerking up on Chicago. He got his little Chicago Bulls hat on, baby. And Isha room, that little red and black, she got her little robe on. <laughs> she just dropping it like it's hot on Chicago. They were so damn funny as a couple in this movie just young so we get into the next scene and it enters into the day of the long road trip full of adventures on their way to oakland now with justice she wakes up get dressed she looking fly she got her bags packed and she goes outside to start up that car. And that was a dope-ass little Honda she had. Little tinted windows, had justice on the license plate. And when she goes to start it up, it doesn't start. So she is like, damn. And that is what leads her to call Isha. Like, what's up, Kyle? A sister need a ride. I guess I'll ride with the postman. Okay, so when Isha get there, she pull up talking shit. <laughs> She see that cat. She like, I ought to kick that damn cat. <laughs> anyway, when just to see the post truck, she like, uh-uh, I ain't doing this, Isha. And she like, uh-uh. She like, that's the that's the same. That's Lucky. That's the same nigga who was in the salon trying to back the other day. Then we got Lucky in the car. He in there with Chicago. He like, oh, that's that bitch from the salon the other day. She act up her asses out. So we see it start off with tension. They trade war stories to Isha in Chicago. And they just like, uh-uh. Justice gets in the truck with the attitude. She get in there just knowing she about to sit in the back. And Isha like, uh-uh. Jay, 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 Jay. Uh-uh. Sit up there, girl. Sit up there. So, you know, Lucky, he tries. He, he, he definitely does try in the beginning like buckle your seatbelt up you know get comfortable it's gonna be a, a long ride she still ain't saying a damn word you know and then they pull off and we pull out of south central <laughs>
they got that TLC in the background and shit. Get on up. And as they driving on through, we see all of, you know, it's still, it's 1992 when they filmed this. And they filming it in South Central. And we see all of the burnt up buildings from the riots. Yeah, you know, they take off and they get on the highway. <clears throat> so in the beginning of the ride, Isha in Chicago, they in the back. They feeling on all, you know, they feeling on each other. They kissing. Just that young, they young. <laughs> they young and they're filled with passion, okay? And in the front seat, Lucky is trying. He trying to be social. He like, mind if I smoke? Silence. Guess not. <laughs> mind if I rap? Silence. I guess not. <laughs> I need a gangster bitch. <laughs> I need a gangster bitch control. I need a gangster boogie. You know what I'm saying? She just silence. You know what I'm saying? So he like, I guess you kind of quiet. She finally answers. I ain't got nothing to say. Now he has tried, but it's a limit. I guess he one of them angry bitches. Feminists. That catches her attention. Don't be calling me no bitch. I'm a black woman. And if I'm a bitch, your mama's a bitch, bitch. And he like, we ain't talking about my mama. We talking about your stuck-up ass and baby. It just leads to all type of language after that. They get the argument. We get the argument of a lifetime. All those fuck yous and fuck you. And I'm going to get somebody to fuck you. I better not see you in a... I'm a fuck child, baby. And he puts her out or she gets out on her own and... <laughs> <sighs> Isha wakes up and Isha like, you can't leave my girl out here there like that. She tried to go wake Chicago up because he sleep and he talk about some shit. She got feet. Let her walk. <laughs> I was like, I know Chicago was like a douchebag in this movie, but I laughed so damn hard at Chicago because he was funny. He was, he was funny. He like, shit, she got feet. <laughs> but as they, you know, try to, the temperatures, they kind of go down, you know, Aisha's trying to calm Justice down. She almost trips. Her in Chicago laughing. Lucky don't even budge. He just pissed off. And when temperatures cool down, Isha gets her back in the truck. So they take a gas break to, you know, get fill up on the on the gas tank. We got Lucky. He up there. He didn't juke my man. He like, that's your rig. He takes his the damn thing, fill his tank up. And we got the girls. Well, we got the guys. They standing outside in Chicago and Lucky. They jonesing on each other. Lucky getting on his ass when he find out he giving Isha money. He called Isha all type of names. And we got Isha and Justice. They in the gas station. And soon as Isha mentions that she looking for her gin, Justice tells her, like, uh-uh, Isha. I don't need you getting drunk on me, girl. Uh-uh. You know how you get. You know what your man said. Isha like, who, Chicago? Girl, he, he a preemie. She like a pre Two-minute brother. So they is on Chicago. It's just a lot of side conversation going on. And we get the water gun fight because they buy them some water guns. You know, just good times. Temperatures has cooled down. Justice and, and Lucky, they've stopped arguing. And Isha in, in Chicago, they're filled with passion. They're, they're, they feel with passion, child. They feel with passion. And we get back in a postal truck. So Isha starts drinking. We finally get an icebreaker with Justice and Lucky. 
over his nails being dirty and the poetry. He like, what you writing? She like stuff. You know, she still ain't loosened up, but she getting there. It's an icebreaker. It the fuck used and stopped. So it's just a nice little ride right now until we smell some barbecue. And we end up at the Johnson's family reunion. And they got the OJs playing in the background. It's been a long time since we had to get together. They go to that damn barbecue. And it's just like an old school family reunion. And that's what we did back in the day. You don't really find those no more. Like, you know, like we used to. It's like everything... It's so different, but we just get that old school family love. Everybody just there kicking it. We eating, we playing games outside. You know, so you got the kids running around being kids. You got the older women, they sitting there gossiping about everybody. It's just like that old school family fun. You don't really find too many of them no more. But uh, we meet Cut and Pete. So before Cut and Pete walk up, just as like we don't even know these damn people and you know i love what pox said is he like look we black we all related it reminded me is when he did the song with scarface smile and then he, he uh, put the ad lib in there like what you what you, what you, what you crying for you black shit smile you know what i'm saying because privilege to be had this good melon in your skin anywho so we meet cut pete and he like y'all remember me L- little lucky Little Lucky. So we get this great family reunion of Lucky putting on the Oscar award performance like he know them and he 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 Lucky Johnson for real. And you got cutting Pete flirting with his damn cousins talking about third remove don't count. Child. <laughs> so cutting Pete, he ended up thinking that Justice is Lucky's girlfriend. He, that Aisha in, in Chicago was married. You know, we just get some nice inviting people from the johnsons they like go get you a plate you family you look lucky from back in the day and we get more of a breaker with justice and lucky he go fix a plate they get to talking about you know just small things and you know he's trying to get to know her and he like you know what type of men you date you date them street pharmacists right and you know i say everything is going good so he started getting a little too personal and she storms the fuck off and leaves him eating and we got Isha in Chicago. They playing a married couple. And we get to see the little three older diva sisters. And one of them on the end was Maya Angelo. And they like, uh, are you in love? Isha like, yeah. <laughs> she like, baby, what would you know about love? So we get that scene right there. And, you know, she like, oh, I don't wear my ring all the time. And the older woman like, child my husband would kill me if i ain't wear no red and ring so you know you just get the older generation and then talking about how the the younger generation was you get that parallel scene and you know we got the beautiful miss maya angelo with her appearance and we see justice you know she's lingers off she got she up there playing with the little girls they playing with her braids and we see lucky didn't just made himself at home child He, he a johnson that day he playing spades he he having him a good ass time. Isha drunk. She get the flirting. Hell, a fight almost breaks out. And they just get back on the damn truck. Isha done lost her damn mind. She came there with Chicago first. She was married. Then she got a little drink on. She seen some other little cute tenderoni and she get the flirting with him. Chicago and Lock Child. That damn they done went and messed them people family reunion up. But <laughs> they get back on the truck. 
I'm back on the highway. And before they do, and before all that stuff is going on, we get Maya Angelou talking in the background. And she like, let's talk about morals. And that really was like very deep of what she was saying. She like the younger people of today, they don't have no morals. They don't have this because it was such a generational gap of how things had changed and you know just seeing how those women acted and even when they were in their younger ages like them they didn't act like that and you just see that generational change so when you really listen to what she was saying it was really really deep and anywho and they end up back on the truck and we get like a reversal in them in the moods because now you know justice and lucky they they pretty cordial it's isha and chicago ass into it so they pull over because isha's just acting a fool justice is like look lucky pull over and let me talk to this damn girl they pull over she throw that damn gin out and she like that's why i don't ever go nowhere with your ass because you don't know how to act when you get drunk just like my damn mother so we get a little backstory with that one little saying of her mom must have been an alcoholic and you do have you know how you might have that one good friend in your life who you would do anything for love but they might just not be on the same page as you when y'all go out so she like i love you but that's why i don't hang with you because you get drunk and you act a fool but we see justice loves her like that's her best friend so you know she kind of gets her to calm down they go to a rest stop and chicago turns into the biggest goddamn hater lucky just sitting out there he vibing y'all he just vibing he got his cousin music playing and justice she didn't calm down she like damn who is that that's kind of nice my cousin Khalil <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Chicago like shit ain't all that it's all right lucky cut that radio off he like fuck you bitch at least the nigga trying what you do he brushed that damn fade shit I can dress with his little purple shirt on child him and lucky get into it lucky go on telling him he ain't in the union you just a post office nigga he like you work there too i'm in the union then you got aisha and justice they back there going shake it to the east shake it to the west it really doesn't matter all right so yeah we get that little funny scene and then they take off but we get a whole nother stop and they go into the beach and when they go into the beach everybody is just in their own little world we got justice she's sitting there she looking at lucky she like i wonder because you know now she done start wondering she done calm down now she like hmm, i wonder he probably got babies and shit and then she get thinking about her grandmother like you know what her grandmother would have thought about her life you know she was still living and then we go to lucky's world and he like he wondering shit he like shit i wonder wonder how the booty work <laughs> but he also is he keeps thinking about his cousin the whole time like i wonder what khalil doing so we see how close him his cousin was and when we get to Isha here, all she thinking about is Terry taking her shopping when she get back. And if her mama got her clothes out the damn cleaners. But when we get to Chicago, when we get to Chicago, he giving himself a pep talk, brushing his hair. Shit, I got an apartment, car, nice body. I'm beautiful and shit. I just need to get me another bitch. <laughs> Chicago, Chicago made this movie funny, man. I don't care what nobody say. Um, but 
you know, everybody just in their own world. They end up st- doing a whole nother stop and they stop at the festival. And we see Justice and Lucky, they are becoming more friendly until hating ass Chicago come up. Because, you know, ever since him and Isha got into it, now he is just in a bad mood. He's taking it out on everybody. Literally, when they was at the gas station earlier and Lucky wasn't in the mood, he telling Lucky, like, loosen up, man, have some fun. But since him and Isha into it, he mad at the whole damn world. And he even calls Justice a bitch. And like, because Lucky, like, what is you tripping for? We do this all the time. And he like, because we got to get where we got to go. You just try to get some off that. You know, Chicago, what justice do to you? And as they're leaving, we get that speech at the festival. Niggas are scared of a revolution. And it reminds you of John Singleton's film, higher learning when they have that festival at the end and then the guy is like i'm talking about higher learning you know they just kind of go hand in hand (laughs) like you could tell a john singleton film he was really the goat and we get back into the truck so we didn't make multiple stops chicago and isha is all over the place but when they get back in the truck this time they have calmed down they back kissing and you know they decide, like, let's make up. They decide to get it on. But his performance ain't the best causing another stop. Because she like, is that it? <laughs> he like, give me a minute. <laughs> Whew, child. So they go back and forth. They end up stopping again. And... You know, he come outside and she like, don't come by me. D- don't don't come over here, Chicago. And he like, why you doing me like this? I'm beautiful as shit. And she like, beautiful? Because you went, child. <laughs> she goes off. And it was all good. He was sitting there all calm until she said, that's the reason why I'm somebody else. Now, Isha. He stays calm for one moment. He slaps her. Just as like, uh, Lucky, you ain't gonna go out there and do nothing. He like, hell no. Nah. That's their business. So she get out like the ride or die friend she is. He knocks Justice down. Then Lucky wanna get out the car. They get to fighting. Isha get to screaming. When we get back to LA, I'm gonna get Monster and Tuki on you. Now, who is Monster and Tuki? Another Boys in the Hood reference. Who was No Boys Crew? Monster and Tuki. And then she was the girl who hung with them. So it was just like another reference off of Boys in the Hood. But Lucky and uh <laughs> Lucky in Chicago get into a scuffle and he leaves his ass there. And this is why Ice Cube turned the film down because he was not feeling this part. <laughs> But, you know, after all of that, you know, Lucky throw his luggage out. They take off. Chicago pick up that bag, but he don't leave until he find that damn brush. As soon as he get that brush, he get the brush in that damn fan. This ain't my motherfucking day. <laughs> this fool still brushing his hair. So they get the ride for a minute and we get another stop. And in this next stop, just as she gets out. 
And she's trying to tell Lucky, like, they was going to break up anyway. And he just really not in the mood at this point. But she gets to telling him everything that she's been through in her life with all of her family. It's just her left. And they end up making love, shall we say, outside. And when she get back in that truck, you can tell it's been a while because she is all smiles. All smiles, baby. And we get that famous kiss, the first kiss they had. So... After that, when they get back in the truck, she all smiles till she find out he got a child. She acting over dramatic, and they make it to Oakland. And remember, this is Lucky's favorite cousin. He's been talking about all day that he's going to see. They're like brothers, and he has been murdered. And we see the mom is going crazy. Everybody's going crazy. We could tell Lucky was up there all the time because people in the neighborhood knew him. Like, oh shit, that's his cousin, and he get to going off. And we see. Him his cousin was murdered and we see his body. So after that, he drops justice off and he kind of like takes it off on, on her. And like, if I hadn't been messing with you all day, I would have made it there in time. So that leaves her heartbreaking. And when he pulls off looking fine as hell, may I say when he's little deep eyes, he got anyway, uh, when he pulls off, <sighs> Jesse just sitting there shaking her damn head. <laughs> now, you know, Jesse, she going to have to do a speech. So they all make it to the hotel room. They tell Jesse, Maxine, and Haywood what happened. And Jesse, like, look, see, you ain't know what you was doing in the first place. You should have gave him some. And then after that, went in that credit card and got that, you know, got that wallet. And she like, credit card? He ain't got no credit card. Oh, well, you was a fool. Because I tell you, honey, man, ain't shit. Justice like, uh, tell that, tell that, tell me the truth. And she like, I thought you was in love. So they get into it. But my favorite part before Jesse walked out, <laughs> looking fabulous, must I say? <laughs> she like, honey, you can't tell these little girls shit. They don't know they cooch from a hole in the wall. But I tell you what, all I do is dress and rest, cause love don't live here no more. Max ain't like they gonna lie. <laughs> You got Haywood up there helping her with her little jacket. <laughs> but anyway, after that scene, we see, um, we get the hair show. And we see Lucky at his aunt's home. And, you know, they're still mourning. And, you know, he asks for the studio equipment. We get an appearance from Maya Campbell. Uh, she was so very beautiful back in the day. Um, she played his cousin Tay. And I liked it on how they did the casting with the sister, his aunt. She looked at just like Jennifer Lewis, and they were supposed to be sisters. So after that, he drives back to Oakland. And we get a uh, when he was on a dock dropping off the mail, we get an appearance from Michael Rappaport, who also starred in John Singleton's film Higher Learning as Remy. He was the guy on the dock. So you know, after that, everybody make it back to South Central. A few months pass, and Justice is still in her own world, but she's kind of opening up. She done took off all black now that she done got her some. She got her little white shirt on. She put her little headband on, looking just amazing. And she goes in the, sal in the salon, and she's, she's in a good mood that day. Like, she knew she was going to get her man back here. And we get the phenomenal woman's po poem. So we see Keisha is still living with Lucky, and they end up taking off for the day. They go to the salon, 
and we get the messy women up in there you know we get the woman she's sitting there just wanting to get her hair done and then you got the other two women sitting there with that cheap dress pay less shoes oh girl like bitch if you don't quit staring at me and if that was your man he wasn't your man when he child then you got the woman who do hair. Let's see if that was me. I would have whooped her ass. Just that salon gossip, messy talk, 90s shit. Like, just amazing. And you just see when Lucky and Keisha walks in, just this, her whole face lights up. She gets her little money. She walks over there. He apologizes. The messy women still being messy. I wouldn't have taken them back. Now, bitch, ain't nobody asked you what you would have did. You sitting up there just talking about how your man was just with the payless chick. Shut the f- child. Justice, get your man back. Uh, quit listening to, to bitter, bitter woman over here. So we get another kiss between Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur. <laughs> and she does Keisha's hair. And she's asking Keisha's all these questions. And Jesse like, hmm, I guess my assumption wasn't wrong. And then we even see Andell in there and she works in the salon and she like, he got a cute nose. <laughs> so, you know, we get a happy ending. They fell in love in a day. <laughs> that was my recap of Poetic Justice. One of my favorite movies, anything Tupac. I am a Tupac stan. That's one of my favorite artists of all times. So if you guys have not checked it out, make sure you check out my Tupac tribute. It is on the playlist. It was uploaded in June. I hope you guys enjoyed my recap. Um, John Singleton, he knew what he was doing. He he definitely knew what he was doing. One day I'm going to review Higher Learning and Boys in the Hood. Uh, that'll probably be a few months down because we got so much going on. Uh, I dropped Snowfall. If you guys haven't checked that out, I dropped my Queens recap. And I will be back on Sunday for my Power Book 2 recap. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Happy Friday. I love you as always to my podcast family. And I hope you guys enjoy. So before we go, we're going to do this Joe Button style. Shout out to Joe Button, one of the pod fathers, okay? I mess with Joe Button. And we're going to do it his style. And I am going to play a sleeper. Um, For the pot. Thank you.
That was Janet Jackson again. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. It's your girl Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.